Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and thanks to my dad, I have been in the scanning hobby since about the time that I could walk and talk. My dad, my grandfather, and my uncle have always had a scanner going in their homes, and their love and knowledge of scanning that each one of them had was passed down to me. See, my mission here on Scanner School is to pass my love and lifetime of knowledge that I have in this hobby down to you. So if you're new to scanning or a seasoned user, I aim to bring you something new each week to help you enjoy scanning right here on this podcast. And if you have any questions or are stuck and need answers, I'm here to help you out. You can find plenty of help on our Discord server or our Discord community by requesting one-on-one tutoring or even by submitting your questions for our monthly Q&A sessions And all of those are linked down in the description of this podcast episode, or you can find them over at ScannerSchool.com. So on this week's podcast, we are answering your questions. And this marks session number 48, or four years of answering your questions here on the podcast. Our very first Ask Scanner School was session number 41, and that was released on October 2nd, 2018. So maybe officially... Next month is our fourth year of answering questions. But for now, let's celebrate and just say, hey, we've hit 48, so now we've hit four years. So all of the questions I'm going to be answering today were brought in over our voicemail lines. So either by using our speak pipe over at scannerschool.com ask or by dialing 516-308-2885 and leaving a voicemail that way. And because today's podcast episode is full of voicemail questions, that also means somebody who asked a question today will be winning a free tutoring session because they used their voice to ask a question. It's very simple. Again, you can use SpeakPipe or by calling 516-308-2885. And again, if you'd like to book me for a tutoring session where I could sit down on Zoom, basically it would be like me sitting across the table from you. You can go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. Let's go on to our very first question of this month. Hello, this is Bill. And my question is, when setting up the delay on a scanner for a specific channel, what does a negative delay mean? And what are the benefits of using a negative delay? And maybe you could give me some examples on, on how you use a negative delay. Thank you very much. Bye. Hey, Bill. Great question. This is actually the first time that I think this question was asked. And again, for somebody who has been around us for a while, you kind of forget that these features actually do exist. So negative delay. Before we get there, let's talk about what the actual delay is in our scanner and how we navigated around this and how it evolved over time, basically, into what you're asking now. So the delay if you don't know, or if anybody listening doesn't know, is basically a pause at the end of a transmission before the scanner resumes going back into scan mode. And typically, delay is set on a per-memory channel. It's part of writing writing to the memory channel. Let's put it that way. So you can have memory stored in your scanner that have no delay, and you could have memory stored in your scanner that actually have a delay. I believe early on too when it was crystal controlled scanners and whatnot delay made a bit might have been a global switch that you'd throw right so it would be every channel has a delay or every channel doesn't have a delay but in today's scanners at least for the last 20 or so years right since they become more synthesized with the programming and and, and more on microchip level is you can set the delay per channel and again it's become something that when you forget to do and you have to go back and put in delay by hand on every single channel can become a quick pain in the neck to do. 
And I believe originally the delay time on most radios was a two-second delay time. So where and why would you use delay versus where and when would you not use delay? Well, you wouldn't use delay if basically you were monitoring a system that had maybe duplex set up where somebody would ask a question on one frequency and receive a response on a secondary frequency. Here in New York, our state troopers run on a duplex system. Basically, the mobiles are on one frequency and the base or the dispatchers are on a secondary frequency. So if you want to hear both sides of the conversation and you don't want to miss anything, what you would typically do is set up an entire bank or favorites list in your scanner and you would put in your dispatch and mobile frequencies in there and not set the delay time. Again, you would set up a whole bank so you'd have basically, you know, this this series repeating itself a couple of times. Because if you didn't do that, it would just move on and would never catch up again and come back to this, right? And that's part of the problem when it comes to no delay time. So again, we would set this up so that as soon as a carrier de-keys, it would go back into scan mode and hopefully pick up the response from the dispatcher. And if the dispatcher were to de-key the microphone, then it would go back to the, the field unit. Now, another example where we might want to use no delay time is if we're listening to something that might have a repeater that has a, a long squelched tail or a tone out, right? There's some amateur repeaters that basically have a two to four second timer that runs that keeps the carrier alive on the repeater after the person talking de-keys their microphone. And again, it's during this time that typically we hear the courtesy tone and then there's the long pause or the, or the repeater stays up and active and that gives basically somebody else the ability to reply and it doesn't allow the, key to, uh, the repeater to de-key and then key up again, right? That's what's happening here. So maybe you don't want to have your delay time enabled on your scanner because with that squelch tail going, your delay might be even longer before the scanner goes into a scan mode again or scan resume. And you feel that that pause in the actual repeater, just hang time, that's what it's called. The hang time on the repeater is good enough for you, right? The squelch tail is basically the the, the chunk at the end, right? But the, the actual hang time is the amount of time that the repeater stays transmitting after who it's repeating has stopped talking and stopped transmitting on their end. So that's an example of where you wouldn't want any delay. Areas where you typically do want delay would be anything that you want to, again, hold on after that hang time is gone. There's also some public safety repeaters out there that as soon as the person stops transmitting, the repeater drops right away. And there's plenty of fire districts out by me that do exactly that. Dispatcher comes on the air, he de-keys, boom, repeater's down as soon as they de-key. So you'd want your delay time on and present for that. Uh, we have plenty of low band still. It's it's a dying dinosaur right now. It's on live support basically where I am. And it's a real shame. But again, on low band, the dispatch comes on the air. And as soon as they're done keying up, because it's more, it, it is through a repeater system, but it can also be simplex. But again, as soon as they're done keying up, boom, that's it. The carrier's gone. The repeater de-keys immediately. Or the person dispatching, right? When that person de-keys, that's it. It's done. So you'd want the hang time or you'd want, I'm sorry, you'd want the delay time set up on your scanner for that. Also, typically on aviation, marine, right? Anything that's going to be operating on simplex, you want a delay time enabled. Now, as we graduated through technology, and I believe right around the time that we hit I think I remember seeing this for the first time, maybe in the 780 or the 785. And again, we're going back well beyond 20 years at this point. We had the ability to increase the delay time on our scanner. So instead of doing two seconds, you could do three, four, and maybe even up to 10 seconds of delay time on your scanner before the scanner would resume scanning after it stopped on that channel. But we also then have the ability now to enter in a negative delay time, minus one, minus two, minus five, minus 10, whatever it, is, whatever it is, it is. So where would we use a negative delay time and how does it work? Well, a negative delay time basically means the scanner is only going to hold on that frequency 
for the amount of the negative delay time. So if you set your scanner to a minus 10 on the delay time, that means that as long as there's a carrier on that frequency, your scanner is, no, is going to hang around there no more than 10 seconds before resuming. If you set it for 4 seconds, same thing applies. The scanner is only going to sit there for 4 seconds before resuming. Well, where would you use something like this? Well, you could use something like this if you know you've got a, a frequency that doesn't use any type of squelching besides carrier squelch. It uses CSQ. And maybe you're susceptible to getting birdies on the frequency or you're getting other carriers or other, or, or other transmitters or other users that are sharing the same frequency and you have no way of locking them out, right? You don't want to listen to them all day long. So you could set up your scanner to resume scanning after a certain period of time. Maybe you get interference on our frequency. Like I, around the springtime here, our low band frequencies, at least where I'm listening from, they get hung up. 4612, 4622, 4620. It locks up my scanner. And if I leave it on there, I don't put a negative delay time on there, then I'm missing everything else that's happening on the scanner. And of course, I use these scanners for live radio feeds and I start getting emails. Hey, the radio's hung up again. So what I do is, or what I should do if I haven't done it again, is set a negative delay time of maybe 10 seconds on those frequencies that give me problems. And this way I know that 10 seconds typically is enough time for units to come on the air, give their, their what we call the 21s or 22s, which basically means I'm arriving on scene, I'm, I'm at scene, those types of transmissions. And then if the scanner gets hung up on an open carrier, then move along, go do your thing, keep scanning. And then when it comes back, yeah, it'll monitor again and then move on. So it's not tying up the scanner, basically, if there's a birdie on the frequency. And again, you could use it for other things as well. And again, they kind of really escaping my mind right now as to why I'd want to use that. Maybe you want to use it on Coast Guard, channel 21 or 22. Because again, a transmission would go by pretty quickly if there's an emergency. But sometimes you get stuck on these two or three minute bulletins from the U.S. Coast Guard. You just don't want your scanners sitting on there for two or three minutes. You want to go through scan, and then if there's nothing else going on, then again, you can listen to the rest of that message, and then for 10 seconds, and then it would scan again, and then come back and hit that message again, and then wait. And again, it gives you the ability to scan through something and then not miss a transmission. So that's typically where and when we would use a negative delay time on a scanner. Again, setting the negative delay time is no different than setting the standard delay time on your radio. Now, I don't want to get people confused with delay time and hold time either. Those are two separate things, and they're set up two completely different ways. So on our favorites list or scan lists in our scanners, we also have what's called a hold time. And a hold time basically tells the scanner how long we are going to stick in that favorites list or that scan bank before we move on to another scan bank. So again, in conjunction with the delay time, we can use our hold time. And when I gave my earlier example of using it on state police because they were duplex, what I would typically do is I would set my delay time to zero, which means as soon as the transmissions don't go back in a scan, but I will set my hold time to maybe two or three seconds on that scan list so that the scanner kind of loops through all of those simplex or duplex channels for three or four seconds waiting for either initial transmissions or responses. And then if it had nothing received in those three or four seconds, then go on to the rest of my scan list in my scanner, the rest of my scan list I have enabled. It's kind of like at that point, maybe you should just dedicate a scanner to to listening to State PD, and I, I have done that. And again, it would listen to nothing, and it would just light loop through things like it was a longer hold list. But again, that's another way of tweaking the settings in the scanners. And again, as scanners have evolved, more of these features have also evolved as well. Bill, really excellent question. Thank you so much for taking the time to use our voicemail number, and make sure you stand by because, again, at the end of this podcast episode, we're going to find out if you have won a free tutoring session. All right, let's go on to a question number two. Dylan, go ahead. The floor is all yours. Hello, Phil. My name is Dylan. I've called in the past, and I appreciate your help with the uh, hobby and everything. It's been really good listening to your podcast as a newbie to the hobby. It's made everything a lot easier to understand, but I know you're trying to put together some content for the upcoming months, so I did 
think of a question and also a podcast topic, potentially. So my question is, currently the area I live in, pretty much everything is still old school, analog, no encryption or trunk systems or anything. I can hear pretty much everything in my area uh, literally on like a BC355N analog scanner. So it's really nice. It's so easy. But in the future, within the next year or two, I'm going to be moving to a neighboring county. So I was looking on Radio Reference Database, and it's Sullivan County, Tennessee. In case you get a chance to look, it's in the northeast corner of Tennessee. And they're using a trunk system for police, fire, EMS, and it doesn't appear that anything's encrypted. However, in the description for two of the frequencies for volunteer fire department, in parentheses, it says simulcast from TRS. So that kind of got me a little confused because, like I've said, I'm, I'm still pretty new to this hobby, and simulcast is one of those things I've not really researched a ton on. And I was just wondering if that's going to be an issue and if I just need to go ahead and bite the bullet and get like an SDS scanner. Or based on the rest of the database not mentioning anything about simulcast for police fire, other fire and EMS, if I'd be good with like a 996P2, because that's more what I was looking into getting. So uh thanks again and look forward to your response. Hey, Dylan, a couple of things before I get to your answer here is, first of all, thank you so much for submitting your question via our voicemail number. Number two, thank you for the feedback and letting me know that I was able to help you with your prior questions. It, again, this is why I love doing the podcast episode because it gives me a chance to kind of transfer knowledge from me to you, right? And again, we could uh, all learn something from the hobby. I'm still learning and again... It's what I enjoy doing. That's why I started the podcast because it was. It's, there's definitely enough questions out there that need to be answered. But number three, I did get your your suggestion for a podcast episode. Great idea. We will definitely talk about this in an upcoming podcast episode. So going through your county or your new county on Radio Reference, which is Sullivan, Tennessee, I do see a few things. But before we even get there, let's go through a couple of things first because. You are asking simulcast. What is simulcast? What does it mean? What does it, what does it mean for you, right? So we had a podcast episode two weeks ago, I, I guess it is at this point, where we talked about certain things you need to know or a warning about trunk radio systems. And in that podcast episode, again, if you haven't listened to that one, that one would be podcast episode number 244. We kind of talked about the differences between sites and transmitter locations, right? So what does simulcast mean basically on a trunk radio system? Well, simulcast means is that we have a bunch of transmitter locations over a geographical area that are kind of all linked together. They all key up in the same time frame, synchronously, right? I guess is the way to say it. And uh, since they are all keying up at the exact same time with the same information on all voice and control channels, they are basically flooding a large area. That is a simulcast site. So let's keep in mind here. We have transmitter locations, right? Old school thinking is that's a site. That's a base station. That's a tower site, building site, rooftop site, whatever it might be. No, that definition has gone by the wayside. A site basically means one particular tower location as defined in real reference as a set of frequencies, but it could also be a bunch of radio locations, towers, rooftops, etc., that all key up as a network, as one gigantic linked transmitter, and that's also a site. Because again, you wouldn't put in five different sites in your scanner if they all transmit the same thing at the same time, right? That's just not logical. It's all one big site. So my neighbor in county, Suffolk County, New York, spans 86 miles from the tip of Long Island out in Montauk all the way to the county line. There's no possible way that you could cover all of Suffolk County being 86 miles wide and 26 miles for height, I guess, which again, for anybody listening outside of the Freedom Unit locations here, it's 138 kilometers long by 42 kilometers high is basically the way the county is. 
you can't possibly cover all of that with one transmitter location. There has to be more than one transmitter to cover this. So there's there's transmitter locations north shore, south shore, east side, west side, right? All over, in the middle, all the way at the tip, right? There's there's transmitter locations all over the place. But they all key up at the exact same time. How many transmitter sites are there? Maybe half a dozen to a dozen? I don't I don't know. I, I haven't really looked to to figure it out. But in my head, there's more six or more is what I'm gonna say here. So this would be a simulcast site, okay? Hopefully that helps you out with understanding what simulcast is. So what does this mean when it comes to scanning? Well, when it was analog trunking or when it's just analog conventional and you've got multiple sites at the same time, no big deal, right? Our scanner can handle this, no problem. It's when we start getting into issues with P25 when we start having simulcast issues. And the reason for this is if you can think of the old days, that's the analogy I like to use, when we would watch TV, over-the-air TV, over-the-air analog TVs more specifically, and we would get that ghosting image, right? You'd be watching a football game, or you'd be watching the news, and you would see like superimposed, but kind of out of sync, the exact same image over the TV, right? The audio would sound fine. But the video was slightly out of sync. And this is all due to propagation delays or, or other things that's, that's happening here, right? So it's not the same because transmitter towers don't have multiple transmitter locations, right? They typically transmit out of one area. So what you are getting is a reflection or whatnot, but it's coming in out of sync. Well, think of that as your simulcast sites. You're getting the same information from two different locations. They're coming into the scanner now out of sync. By milliseconds, we would never hear it. We would never notice it. But when your scanner tries to put zeros in ones that are that are locked into a timing sequence that have to show up in a certain order, and now all of a sudden, instead of getting 010101, it's getting 00110011, the scanner goes, I can't put this back together again because this isn't making any sense to me. This is where we run into issues with simulcast. So older scanners, anything that's basically not an SDR or an SDS 100 or 200 is going to have problems with simulcast. The other way around this, though, is if we take our older scanners and we eliminate the secondary towers that, we, that are coming in millisecond delays. So attenuating the signal, taking off the antenna, using a paperclip, using a directional antenna, moving the antenna across the room may even help. These are all ways to combat simulcast. But now looking at Sullivan County, let's get to simulcast itself in this instance here. So I am on radio reference right now, and I am looking at Sullivan County on the database. So the first thing that we see, and I guess this is where your question lies, is the fact that when you look at the frequencies for conventional, we have 160.155 and 154.43. This is volunteer fire dispatch upper end, simulcast from TRS, TRS, and volunteer dispatch lower end, simulcast from TRS. In this instance, simulcast basically means that they are transmitting the same thing that you would hear over on that talk group or over on that trunk radio system back over these two VHF frequencies. It's repeating the same information. It's mirroring it. It is patched, okay, is another way to say it. Simulcast is another way, but again, with things changing terminology a little bit, is simulcast the best word to use here? I mean, I've always used simulcast, meaning that it's transmitting the same thing. So when I say that this talk group is being repeated on this frequency or this frequency is being repeated on that talk group, I always said it's a simulcast, one of the other. Again, there was actually conversations about this exact thing with some of the radio reference database administrators to try and figure out what the best terminology would be. I don't know what if anybody even has a definite answer yet, but really... So this is what simulcast means here. Now, let's look at the trunk radio system because this is where things are going to get hairy for you. 
So we are looking at the Tennessee Advanced Communications Network, the TACN P25 system. And this is where I really have some bad news for you. If I look at Sullivan Fire Dispatch on this system, okay, pause for dramatic effect. Sullivan County Fire Dispatch Upper Region has got a capital E on that talk group, basically meaning it is encrypted. Ditto for the Sullivan County Volunteer Fire Dispatch Lower Region as well. I don't know why they would encrypt it on the P25 system, but leave it unencrypted on the VHF. If you can still listen to it, great. I'm assuming that they have it set up that way so that they can get their dispatches on their pagers. And at least this way the volunteer departments can get out and get everything else they have to get to. But that's that's where it is. So if you're going to be going up to Sullivan County, yeah, enjoy listening to this on the VHF side of the house. And uh, again, it's it's a real shame that this is the way that that you know things are are happening. But um, let me take a look here too, and Sullivan, and see here too. So when we look at the transmitter sites here in Sullivan, we've got three that do not say simulcast on it. You've got Halston Mountain, Halston Mountain, Sullivan County, and then Bays Mountain. Those three do not say simulcast. So in theory, you should be able to take any scanner radio that doesn't support simulcast that supports P25 and monitor these transmitter sites or these sites itself, right? And I'm saying transmitter sites because it doesn't say simulcast on it. However, we also have Halston Mountain simulcast Washington County. And that one may be a simulcast network of transmitter sites. And you may need an SDS 100, 200, or an SDR or to eliminate any of the other transmitter locations on there. So, again, don't know when you're moving, but it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind that you may find out you have encryption on those fire districts. Great question. I Hopefully I explained the differences between simulcasts and these two uh, scenarios here. And again, stand by, because we will be giving away a free tutoring session at the end of this podcast. Now, we are also going to pause here for a quick sponsorship break. And if you are a Patreon supporter at the $3 or month higher tier, you don't get this break. For everybody else, we'll catch you in just one second. Would you like to avoid hearing this break in the podcast? Well, some of our Patreon supporters get to do exactly that. Think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly pledge, not only do you get to help support the podcast, but depending on your support tier, you can receive certain benefits. Our most popular benefit tier is our extra credit, or $5 a month tier. This allows you to sponsor us monthly or annually at a discount. And Extra Credit members not only receive an early release of a commercial-free podcast, again, this break is not in that podcast episode, but they also have access to early releases of YouTube videos, additional benefits such as squelchy sticker packs, discounts on our tutoring services, courses, and more. But if that wasn't enough, we have a great exclusive community set up just for our Extra Credit members, and it's great to catch up with them during our monthly member meetups. And these monthly meetups are also available for replay for anybody who is unable to attend that particular meetup. Members also have access to a private channel on our Discord server so they can also communicate with each other between our monthly membership meetup. You could become a Patreon supporter right now by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, and MURS 
and 2A radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your Natcom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio magazine, as well as backup issues, too. To download your free sample issue or subscribe, visit natcommag.com. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. All right, let's get on to our third question of this month. This one comes in from Greg. And Greg is using software-defined radios. Go ahead, Greg. Take it away. Hey, Phil, this is Greg from Southern Ohio. I have a question I'd like to ask in regards to SDRs. Uh, I'm very happy with using uh, DSD Plus Fastlane with my Nuelec dongle uh, SDRs. I have uh, several of them all uh, working together for my uh, P25 systems in the area to monitor. However, I've recently purchased an AirSpy RSPDX, and I can get that to work separately on Fastlane, but I can't figure out how to program the software to allow the NULEC dongles work with the AirSpy dongle collectively at the same time, that is. Anyway, I was wondering if that's a possibility or if I'm just uh, reaching for things that aren't possible. I would appreciate your answer. Thanks very much. And as always, we certainly appreciate everything you have done for the scanner enthusiast uh, family. Thanks much. Hey, Greg. Thanks for asking your question about the RTL SDR. And I'm not sure if you're using an AirSpy or an RSPDX made by SDR Play. Completely different. The AirSpy is a completely different company than SDR Play, but I will go through the answer for both of those here. So right out of the box, we need to realize that there's three different pieces of software we have to play around here, or two pieces for sure, without knowing what the third variable is, right? So for the SDR Play devices, we need to run FMPP is the application to run in command. For the AirSpy, it would be FMPA. And then for the RTL dongle, it is FMP24. Okay, so depending if you're using an RSPDX or RS Play device or an AirSpy device, you would pick FMPP or FMPA, depending on which hardware you're using. Okay, you just got to make sure that if it's an AirSpy, it's FMPA. If it's a RS Play device, it's FMPP. Okay. The next thing we have to do is set up FMP, again, whatever flavor we're running with here, and we have to output the audio or the data that we are receiving from either our RSP, our AirSpy, or even our RTL device out to a port. We do that with the flag of minus sign O, lowercase o. The minus sign is our flag. The O stands for output. 
normally I use outputs of 20,001 and higher. So for my first instance of FMP, I would use 20,001 as my output. For my second one, 20,002, et cetera, et cetera. So for example here, let's just say that whatever device it is you're using, the Aerospire or the RSP, I would use FMPP minus O 20,001. Okay, now there is a space between FMPP and the minus O, but there's no space between minus O and 20,001. That's all one string. Likewise, if we're using an air spy, it would be FMPA space minus O 20,001. Optionally, we can tell FMP if we're going to be as a role as a voice channel or role as a control channel. So you would do minus rc for control or minus rv for voice okay so for example my string for a rsp device for a control channel here on an output of 20001 would be fmpp space minus o 20001 space minus rc now that just gives us our radio side on the DST plus side, we need to now open up another command window and we need to tell DST plus fastline what our input is. So we would type in DST plus space minus I for input 20,001 space minus RC. And that basically means we're going to be listening on port 20,001 as a control channel. Now let's bring in the RTL stick. The RTL stick, we're going to use FMP24, and we're kind of going to just repeat the process here, slightly different, because we can't share port numbers. So we would do FMP24 space minus O 20,002 space minus RV for roll voice. That basically means we're launching FMP24. We are, and again, it's got to be FMP24. Do not use FMP for your fast lane releases. FMP24 minus O20002, which is the output of the data coming out of that radio to port 20002, and then minus RV for roll voice. On the DSD plus fast lane side, we would then be using DSD plus space I20002 space minus RV. And that basically means we're, we're launching DSD plus fast lane. Input is 20002. And the role is a voice channel. I ran this successfully on my own computer here. So I do know you can mix and match the RSP device and an RTL stick, and it works fine. The key here, though, is to make sure you're using the right FMP version. FMPP for the Raspberry Play, uh, the RSP Play devices. FMPA for the AirSpy device. FMP24 for the RTL device. We definitely need to make sure we use the flag of minus O for the outputs on all of our FMPs. We need minus I's for the inputs on all of our DSD plus command lines. That should get you up and running. Now, if you need more help or if anybody else is looking for more help with DSD plus, I do cover DSD plus public release on our free course, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Software Defined Radio. You can find this course over at courses.scannerschool.com. And hot off the presses, I know I am very slow getting these out, and I do apologize, and I feel like a total letdown to everybody. I really honestly do. But I did just release – I did a twofer this week. We have our SDR Uno, and we also have our DSD Plus Fastlane modules. Both came out in our advanced SDR for Windows course. Again, this is a paid course, and we cover a lot more stuff and a lot more detailed in this course. We do cover RTLs, Air Spies, and the Raspberry, oh, I'm sorry, the I want you want to say Raspberries, but the R, RSPs, the, uh, the RS Play devices in Fastlane in this paid course. Again, you can grab that by going to courses.scannerschool.com. If you listen to this in the future, I really hope I wrapped it up by now. Just a quick heads up on this one. Yes, the Unitrunker uh, module is done.
has to go to an editor though. We're going to work on the SDR trunk. And then we're also going to work on possibly doing the, was it trunk recorder? I believe is the application that allows us to kind of ingest, build our own ingest servers off of this. So that's where the course is headed. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not an oncoming train. We're also playing around with maybe changing the uh, layout of that course because when I built it, it was a choose your own adventure, but looking at how it's laid out, it did not come across that way well at all. So what I might do is rearrange it so that this is your most optimal path to success with the choose your adventure side now as bonus modules at the end. So everything's still going to be in there. It's just going to be rearranged. I think it's going to be better flowing. And um, yeah, I definitely learned a thing or two. Like I said, we're always learning, right? So we're always learning how things are done and this course is definitely teaching me how to build a better course, which is great for you guys. All right. We got one more question on deck. Let's go ahead with our final question. This one actually came in a little funny. It, it was actually a response to a TikTok video. And again, I've been off of TikTok for the last couple of months because I really needed to spend a little bit more mental time doing other projects. And with things going on right now, I just don't have that. I don't know. I, I, that spark isn't there for TikTok for some reason. And I do apologize for anybody who follow, follows from over there. But this person actually reached out to me and says, hey, I haven't noticed that you've been on TikTok in a while. Are you still taking these kinds of requests? And he got me through Instagram. So I said, yes, I'm definitely doing it. Please submit your question this way and I will get it answered on this month's podcast. So so yeah, a really uh, crazy path to get a question here on the podcast, but I'm glad that you were able to ask your question. So go ahead and take it away. Hey, Phil. I'm from Yacht County, Pennsylvania. And my question is, what would the best scanner be for my county? It can be from Whistler or Uniden. Thank you. So let's take a look at Lehigh County, Pennsylvania, and what would work well as a scanner. So again, I'm over here on the radio reference database, and I am looking at Lehigh, Pennsylvania. Now, what we notice is that there's tons and tons of conventional stuff here. We've got county fire. We've got county EMS. Got county police. And again, we're looking VHF, a little bit of touch of UHF. Right? I mean, it's really sticking on, on the VHF side of things. Even emergency management is, is sticking on VHF with some hazmat special ops on UHF. Municipalities are all sticking on VHF. Again, FM conventional. I mean, this is pretty much as basic as basic gets. So any kind of scanner would basically work for you right now. We're talking bare bones scanner. You could be looking at the SR30C, the BC125AT, or anything else you'd like to get that's a little bit more advanced. What really starts to start putting things into funny perspective here, though, is when we start looking at the public schools section. Now, again, I don't know so much about what it is you want to listen to. The question here was basically what scanner would work well for the county. So I've got to cover this as a whole. But in public schools, we do have some DMR set up for Northwestern Lehigh, Parkland School District, and even Whitehall Coplay School District. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Again, these are some transportations. So it's a lot of buses and stuff like that. All right. Do you need to listen to these, that's a up-to-you type of deal. And if you do need to listen to these, then again, you're looking at a scanner that supports DMR, okay? But again, it's up to you. What we really need to start looking at, though, is the trunk radio systems. Now, I don't know where Allentown or Bethlehem are, but since they're part of this county in radio reference, we're going to take a look at those, okay? We also have this uh, PA Starnet, which is P25, and we have a Mid-Atlantic Digital Radio Network. Okay, that's Moto Turbo. There's some other stuff in here as well, such as FBN Wireless, which is LTR. We're not really going to take a look at that. Industrial Electronics, that's NXDN. Mac Truck is LTR. And uh, there's New Jersey Transit, which is Tetra. We're not going to be able to listen to that anyway through a scanner. Radio Maintenance is LTR. And then Two-Way Communications is also DMR. So if any of those networks... Sounds like something you'd want to listen to. That's up to you. But we're going to like take a look at the Allentown, Bethlehem, and the PA Starnet, and also the Mid-Atlantic stuff here. So looking at Allentown, this is a P25 
system with one site, it looks like. It doesn't say if it's simulcast or not. We have to assume not. But there's Allentown Fire, Allentown EMS, and also Allentown City Services in here. These are all TDMA, which means phase two. The, T- the Allentown PD is encrypted, so that one goes out the window, but fire and EMS are not encrypted. But there is a T in the mode column, which tells us, again, phase two. So now you're looking at it right away, 996P2, 325P2, a 436, a 536, or an SDS, even a TRX1 or a TRX2, if you like Whistler. Okay, Going through Bethlehem, again, we only have South Mountain as a site. Whether or not it's simulcast or not, I can't tell you. But we have a lot of encryption here. PD is all encrypted. Fire is not encrypted, but it's D. It's digital. And that basically means phase one. But because Allentown is a phase two system, that's going to trump basically our response here as to what type of scanner we're going to go with. But again, fire, EMS, all non-encrypted. There's some citywide stuff, municipalities, all phase one P25. As we go through this Mid-Atlantic Digital Radio Network, another trunk system, again, this is something you'd have to figure out. There's 40 counties that's covered by this through Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, right? So you basically need to find what it is you want to listen to. So if you look at Lehigh, PA, and hopefully I'm saying that right, there's Lehigh Valley. I don't know if that's the same thing or not, but there's some school buses, again, I don't know if that's something you want to listen to or not, right? There's some auto parts delivery. Again, a lot of business stuff. So this kind of puts that little asterisk again next to DMR. If school buses and this kind of stuff is your thing, then you need to pay for the DMR upgrade on your Uniden scanner. If you've got a Whistler, the TRX1, TRX2, then it would be built in. I honestly don't think you would need to worry about this unless, of course, you want to listen to everything, okay? Chances are you're not going to. If it was me, though, because mm, I like to listen to everything, I would I would have the DMR upgrade. This PA Starnet P25 system, though, this one is really rather interesting. Again, none of these sites say simulcast next to it, but you've got a couple on VHF, you have a couple on 800 locations. As we scroll through things here, too, on this, we've got a lot of statewide systems. You've got interoperability, you've got conservation, you've got DOT, PennDOT, I guess is what they call it. You've got state police, conservation. I don't know if I said conservation already. Environmental protections. So again, game commissions. If this is the kind of stuff, right, that that you want to listen to, this is this is great, right? This is something you would want to hear. Then, a lot of stuff on here. Now, again, this has got a lot of T or TDMA talk groups that would require a phase two scanner. So what kind of scanner would I recommend for this county? At a bare minimum, I would say anything that has a P2 at the end of it by unit. 325 P2, 996 P2, a home patrol 2, if that's your thing. VCD 436 P2, 536 P2, SDS 100 or an SDS 200. Yes, the SDSs don't say P2 at the end of it, but they're a different animal altogether. On the Whistler side, you could probably get away with a TRX-1 or a TRX-2. I'm not going to tell you which radio of those. It's basically going to be which one you feel more comfortable with, which one fits your budget. But um, if you don't know, you know, if you, if you do it, don't need DMR. On a unit side, that would be an extra. But yeah, that would be your list of scanners that would work for Lehigh PA. If you want to break down that list as to handheld versus mobile or base, your handheld radios would be the 325P2 the 436, the SDS-100, or the TRX-1. Mobile or base station radios would be your 996P2, 536, the SDS-200, or the TRX-2. Great question. Thank you so much for asking. And uh, thanks for going the through the gauntlet to kind of do that one, through, through TikTok, Instagram, and then finally through our voicemail numbers. Definitely appreciate it, and hopefully I helped answer your question. So before we get to the winner of this month's tutoring session, I just want to remind you that you can ask me your questions at any time. Go to scannerschool.com slash ask. And again, if you use the speak pipe button or our voicemail number 516-308-2885, we will put you into the running for a free tutoring session. If you'd like to talk about this podcast episode, maybe you got some feedback from me or you want to continue the conversation with whatever 
hints or tips you might have to answer some of these questions, we would love to get your input. And you can do so by going to our Discord community, scannerschool.com slash Discord. It's a great way to communicate with a bunch of other Scanner Radio users. Now, I like this method better than any other one that we have basically out there, especially Facebook, because Facebook throws a lot of stuff your way. And you can't just filter out your Scanner Radio stuff. It's, it's just a lot of noise. If you come into our Discord server, you know you're only going to be talking about scanners. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode and you know of somebody that could benefit from it, please share the podcast because this is how we help other people with the scanner radio hobby. And this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys listening right now. So make sure if you haven't subscribed, you do so right now. All right. On to the winner of today's podcast episode. What I have here is I have numbers next to names. And the numbers coincide to the order that the questions were asked on this week's podcast, this month's podcast. So we have got a number one next to Bill, a number two next to Dylan, a number three next to Greg, and a number four up to our last question who never left left a name. I have Google open right now for a random number generator. I'm going to press the button five times so that the system has a chance to refresh. And it's not just spitting me out the first one that it gave me when I load the page because that's just really not fair. So let's go ahead and click the refresh button five times. One, two, three, four, and five. There we go. Greg, you are our winner for this month. Please reach out to me and I will give you your coupon that you can use when you book your tutoring session over at scannerschool.com slash tutoring that will allow you to check out for free. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altharak, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Rops, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordiff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Rich Palomari, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcan. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.